Before we begin the funeral services for Brother George Jackson this morning, let me say on behalf of the family to those who are outside of the church building that although there is not enough room to accommodate you inside, family is very grateful for your show of concern, your expressions of sympathy and condolences at this moment in their life. And we ask you to bear with us and to listen by means of the loudspeakers provided for you, the service as it progresses. From the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verses 2 to 6. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb, was carried. Will those outside please respect the services now in progress? And keep down on the noise. From the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And Peter, looking at him with John, said, Look on us. And the beggar gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In this scripture lesson we have described for us a situation where a man was born lame and crippled from his mother's womb and whose daily routine was to lay at the gate of the temple for commerce and business engaged daily and to beg for alms so that he might survive. And Peter and John, who were two of Jesus's followers were going about the countryside establishing the new revolutionary religion called Christianity. And when they saw the man, the man begged from them some money. And Peter and John said, man, I, we don't have any money, but such as we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now the history of the beggar is the history of our people. It's the history of black people. Because every black person in this country has been born lame and crippled from his mother's womb. From the time we've left the black wombs of our beautiful mothers, black people have been crippled and maimed and murdered suffering from the black condition. And the black condition being 
the black unemployment rate twice that of the white unemployment rate. The black condition being young people graduating from high school reading at a sixth grade level. The black condition being black babies in this country dying at a rate four times greater than white babies. The black condition being a system of injustice whereby our black liberation fighters are brought before courts presided over by racist henchmen known as judges and who have their fates decided by all white juries made up of menopausal women and male eunuchs who inevitably run down guilty verdicts on these freedom fighters. This is the black condition. And this is what black people are lamed and maimed and suffer from. And George Jackson's message to us today is the same as the message of Peter and John to the beggar. George says to us, black people, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. Rise up and walk. Now, George, be spending at least 10 years in prison, and at least seven of those in solitary, George Jackson, in trying to deal with our black condition, did not have silver and gold to give us. George did not have money to give us to ease our suffering so we might survive daily. George could offer no split-level house. He could offer no color TV. He could offer us no El Dorado. George, because of his imprisonment, could not even physically and lovingly offer himself to a woman as a lover or a husband. He could not offer himself to children as father or a friend. But George did offer what he had. Silver and gold, he had none. But George did offer what he had. He offered himself. He offered his free spirit. He offered his love for humanity. He offered his passion for freedom. His passion for liberation. He offered his own manhood. He offered his life. And we thank you, Mrs. Jackson, for his life. We thank you. We're grateful to you and thankful to God and to you that you've allowed his life to touch ours. Because you have paid a much higher sacrifice than any woman or any person, any human being that I know of. And that within the space of a year, you've offered up two of your loved sons to the liberation of our people. And I hope we never forget that. And those of us who knew him could not help but be affected by him. We felt humbled and greatly strengthened by his presence or just the fact knowing that he was alive and the words that he spoke and wrote. For who going near a fire 
does not take from it some warmth. And who going to a fountain does not taste the sweetness and the freshness of the water thereof. And to us, George was a fire that's ever burning and never going out. And he was a fountain full to overflowing. And we're thankful to you and grateful to you for his life. Last Saturday, this system called American justice, this system called I don't want to get involved, this system called preserve the status quo, this system called don't rock the boat, murdered George Jackson. They tried to end the life that George gave us, that Mrs. Jackson allowed us to share with her. And although they tried to end that life, George still lives on. George is with us today. And George is saying to us, rise up and walk. Take some steps for our liberation. Do not lay around begging and complaining, but take some concrete action for our freedom. Now, all too often, every single one of us within the sound of my voice, including myself, lay around making confusion, making talk, making love, but we don't make any sense. George wants us to end this madness. Silver and gold, he has none for our condition. But such as he has, he gives us. And he says to us, get up and walk. And George wants us to walk. George wants us to take some concrete action for our freedom and our liberation. Now, this walking that George wants us to do may involve getting our heads screwed on straight about our oppressive condition. Getting our heads screwed on straight so that we realize that the brothers in San Quentin, in Folsom, in Chino, in Soledad are just twice as unfree as we are. Because we are imprisoned too. And the black condition is our imprisonment. Walking may involve getting us to stop engaging in a lot of petty personality conflicts. We can't afford that luxury as an oppressed people. We can't afford that luxury as black people. Because while we cannot get along with each other, the black community is still suffering from the black condition. And while we're fighting with each other, we're supposed to be the vanguard groups of liberation for our people. And while we're involved in a lot of petty personality nonsense, the black community is still suffering. And we're just shucking and jiving. We're nothing more than a bunch of pimps. We're prostituting the black community. And, Ward, and Nelson and Park and Reagan 
and H.L. Hunt and J. Paul Getty and Hanrahan and Daly and Nixon are the purchasers. Walking may involve supporting the Black Panther Party survival program. Walking may involve going to the trials, getting our bodies be present at the trial of the Soledad brothers, at the trial of Angela Davis, or at the trial of any of the unnamed black brothers and sisters who daily have to face the racism of the courts and injustice in this land. Now, George has brought us together today. Most of us don't know each other by name. Most of us, it's the first time we've seen each other's faces. But we've been brought together by something. We've been brought together by George. We've been brought together by his spirit, by his passion for liberation. And George has brought us together today across racial lines, across age barriers, and without regard to whether we're male or female. We're together now. We're together now at this moment, at 11.30 on August 28, 1971, we're together here. But are we going to stay together when we leave, a half hour from now? In order that we do stay together and get our priorities straight about what is important, about what George was about, what we should be about, George says to us, arise and walk. Silver and gold have I none. But in the name of but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I say, rise up and walk. In the name of Denmark Vesey of Charleston, South Carolina, I say, rise up and walk. In the name of the Reverend Nat Turner of Southampton County, Virginia, I say, rise up and walk. In the name of Frederick Douglass, in the name of W.B. Du Bois, I say, rise up and walk. In the name of my brother, Jonathan Jackson, in the name of James McLean, in the name of William Christmas, in the name of Angela Davis, and in the name of Brother Rochelle McGee, and in the name of George Jackson, I say, rise up and walk. If we must die, let it not be like hogs hunted and pinned in an inglorious spot, while around us bark the mad and hungry dogs, making them mock at our accursed lot. If we must die, then let us die nobly, so, so that our precious blood may not be shed in vain. Then even the monsters we defy shall be constrained to honor us, though dead. We kinsmen must meet the common foe. Though far outnumbered, let us show brave and for their thousand blows deal one death blow. What though before us lies the open grave, like men we'll face the murderous pack, pressed to the wall, dying, but fighting back. Chairman of the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, Bobby Seale.
These are some messages from around the world, from people, organizations, and black brothers incarcerated, black brothers and sisters incarcerated in the prisons in this country. To Mrs. George Jackson, let George's fiery writing and iron deeds serve a path to lead all of our imprisoned cadres to final victory. Let us mourn him. Let us love him. Let us miss him. Let us do as he did in the name of freedom. In our last hours, let us die as men and not as slaves. Long live George Jackson. Love, Dr. Bert Small, People's Free Medical Clinic. To Mrs. Georgia Jackson, George Jackson was shot down in the San Quentin prison Saturday night. There has been an appalling lack of explanation of why and how this shooting took place. We demand an immediate and impartial investigation of this act. Southern Legal Action Movement, Atlanta, Georgia. To Mrs. Georgia Jackson and family. Care of Brother Huey P. Newton. His spirit will crush prison makers and prison keepers alike. Be proud that two beautiful Jackson brothers boldly attempted to deliver others from gross injustice. Lloyd A. Barbie, State Representative, Wisconsin Legislature, and Daphne E. Barbie. Mrs. Georgia Jackson. Dear Mrs. Jackson, I was personally revolted by news of the death of your son. I am angered and saddened by this one further indication of the horror and brutality of the prison system, a system which now has denied us the wisdom and leadership of George Jackson. I know what my responsibility is in this, and I will move to fulfill it. Ronald V. Dillon. Congressional Congress District here, member of the Congress. To the people, Mrs. Jackson and family. George Lester Jackson, whose life as a revolutionary was exemplary, is a giant in every way. For 11 years, he was compelled by the nature of his surroundings to fight a constant battle. Battle was his life. Unafraid, he fell in a fighting stance. Though he fell, those charged with the task of destroying him could not and cannot destroy his essence. They could not and cannot alienate the principles he stood for and defended to the death. George still lives as does his brother Jonathan, 
and millions of people, the downtrodden and the oppressed will love him, breathe in their spirits, and continue with their inspiration to fight for the victory towards whose attainment they had to make the supreme sacrifice. Let us not weep. George did not want tears. So he had said, we gather up our deeds, clean them, our dead, excuse me, clean them, kiss them and smile. The tears we save for the victory. If we see the spring after this protracted war, then we can cry for Jonathan and all the rest. We'll know what they miss. She was quoting Brother George Jackson. She continues, we must fight for that victory and usher in the spring. But only then will we have earned the right to share that field This is uh, sound roll number, uh, camera roll number three coming up. Sound roll number two, George Jackson funeral. For the principles of black manhood and liberation, love for the revolutionary necessity tear freedom from the locked jaws of the diabolical beasts of oppression and injustice. Love for the people is the love that is often paid for with life itself. Every soldier for the people knows this is what revolution is all about. George Jackson, Revolutionary Supreme Field Marshal for the Black Panther Party and Commander-in-Chief of the Black Militant Front, spent all of his adult life expressing his love and gave his life Saturday, August 21st, 1971, protecting this love. Speaking out in the name of this love to his brothers, incarcerated, bondage made his assassination desirable to his enemies. Manifesting the strength of this love and his black manhood made his assassination be demanded by his enemies. Giving birth to an unyielding revolutionary spirit from the womb of this love made his assassination be ordered by his enemies. Not having the protection of this love and all of the people he loved made his assassination by his enemies possible. To mourn the tragic death of this revolutionary soldier in any way other than combat is absolutely disrespect. To disregard the pattern of assassination today genocide tomorrow and the history of his and our enemies is unforgivable hypocrisy. To leave the forces intact that commit these atrocious atrocities against the people is inevitable suicide. They have killed the body of a revolutionary leader, but his revolutionary spirit lives and grows in the army that he has left as a legacy of his love to the people. We can no longer be stopped by the enemy's tactic of cut off the head and the body will die. For in a revolutionary army, the head is all of the people who actively seek to gain liberation. Our battle must continue to be fought under the banner of love for the principles of liberation in the people. We must fight with unrelenting determination to pay tribute to George and Jonathan Jackson and all of the soldiers that have died in revolt. And we must show our respect for their lifeblood by making certain that it was well spent and not unnecessarily wasted. And in the words of our Commander-in-Chief, George Jackson, we will win.
And this letter is signed by prison inmates. And I can say it's signed by some 30 of them. And it's also signed along with other inmates by David Hilliard, Chief of Staff of the Black Panther Party. This letter was smuggled to the people. To the Jackson family. We could never express the pain and heartbreak that is felt by the three of us over the slaying of the dragon. Our heart goes out to your family. Although comrade brother George is no longer physically with us, his flame shall engulf the world forever. He shall live in the hearts and minds of many people for as long as this world exists. An empty bed, tears are shed. No more sun after I'm gone. My family cries, their love has died. My friends are there, death is the air. My chains unbound, I'm put in the ground. Everybody's sad, but I'm glad it's lucky me because now I'm free. Love in the spirit of George Jackson signed by John Cluche, Fleeta Drumgo, and Brother Mac Maxwell. defense of the Black Panther Party and a servant of the people, Huey P. Newton.
to the people, power to our fallen comrade, Brother George Jackson, member of the Black Panther Party. First, that I would like to explain, because many people wonder, what was the connection between Brother George Jackson and the Black Panther Party. When I went to prison in 1967, I met George. Not physically, I met him through his ideas, his thoughts, and words that I would get from him. He was at Soledad Prison at the time. I was at uh, California Penal Colony. George was a legendary figure all through the prison system where he spent most of his life. You know, a legendary figure is known to most people through the idea or through the concept or essentially through the spirit. So I met George through the spirit. Shortly after I met George, I got word through the prison grapevine that he wanted to join the Black Panther Party. In fact, he did join the Black Panther Party and he received the rank at his request of a member of the People's Revolutionary Army and he was given the rank of general and field marshal. He was in charge of the uh, prison uh, recruiting and also uh, he would go on with his life as a revolutionary example, which was the most important thing that one can ever do because that cannot be killed. I say that the legendary figure is also a hero. George Jackson was my hero. He set a standard for prisoners, political prisoners, for people show the love, the strength, the revolutionary fervor is characteristic of any soldier for the people. So we know that uh, spiritual things can only manifest themselves in some physical act through a physical mechanism. I saw prisoners who knew about this legendary figure act in such a way, putting his ideas to life, so therefore, the spirit became alive. Now, I would like to say today, George's body's fallen, but the spirit goes on because his ideas live. And we'll see that these ideas stay alive because they'll be manifested in our bodies and in these young panthers' bodies who are our children. So it's a true saying that uh, it will be revolution from one generation to the next. What kind of standard did George Jackson set? First, that he was a strong man. He was determined, full of love, strength, dedication to the people's cause, without fear. He lived the life that uh, we must praise. It was a life, no matter how uh, he was oppressed, no matter how wrongly he was done, he still kept love for the people. And this is why that he felt no pain in giving up his life for the people's cause. The state itself sets the stage for the kind of uh, contradiction or violence that occurs in the world, that occurs in the prisons. The ruling circle of the United States has terrorized the world. The state has the audacity to say they have the right to kill. They say they have a death penalty and it's legal. But I say by the laws of nature that no death penalty can be legal. It's only cold-blooded murder. It gives spur to all sorts of violence because every man has a contract with himself that he must keep himself alive at all costs. So the state with legality could only um, at the best to hold one, to confine one, and for later uh, period of negotiation about the wrong. And even if the state does wrong sometime, 
that maybe it could uh, make itself legal by saying that uh, we would go along with these wrong acts against us as long as we could negotiate them some other time. But of course, with the death penalty, of course, with the kind of violence that we see in our community where the police are also the executioners, we don't have this chance of negotiation. They, they have the audacity to say that people should deliver their life to them without a struggle, but none of us can accept that. George Jackson had every right, every right to do everything possible to preserve his life and the life of his comrades, the life of the people. George Jackson, uh, even after his death, is a legendary figure and a hero, he must be, to the oppressor. This is true, I know it's true because of the words of the oppressor. To cover their murder, they say that George Jackson killed five people, five oppressors, wounded three in the run of 30 seconds. You know, I'll try to look, sometimes I like to look over the fact that it's physically impossible, but after all, George Jackson is my hero. And I would like to think that it was possible. I would like to be very happy that George Jackson had the strength. He must have had to be he's a superman. Of course, my hero would have to be a superman. And we would raise our children to be like George Jackson, to live like George Jackson, and to fight for freedom as George Jackson fought for freedom. We say that even after death, George Jackson still is alive because his ideas, his spirit will be manifested in the physical. Again, we see our young Panthers here who are growing up, uh, and they will grow up, uh, trying to live uh, by the standard that George Jackson set. George Jackson, even after his death, you see, is going on living in a very real way. Because after all, that the greatest thing that we have is the idea and our spirit, because it can be passed on. Not in a superstitious, superstitious sense, but in the sense that when we say something or when we live a certain way, then when this can be passed on to another person, then life goes on. And that person somehow lives because the standard he set and the standard that he lived by will go on living. So the body becomes very uh, uh, of little importance, the body of one individual. But uh, the body of all of us who cannot be eliminated, they cannot kill all of us as they killed George Jackson. By this, by this, George left a legacy. And he will go on, he will go on into immortality because we believe that the people will win, we know the people will win, and we'll advance wave upon wave. Even with George's last statement, his last statement to me, uh, at San Quentin that day, that terrible day, he left a standard for political prisoners. He left a standard for pr uh, prisoner society of racist, reactionary America. Surely he left a standard for the liberation armies of the world. He showed us how to act. He made a statement that the unjust would be criticized by the weapon. And this will certainly be true because the people will take care of that. George also said one time that the press is very strong and he might beat him down. He might beat us down to our very knees. He might crush us to the ground, but it's physically impossible for him to go on. At some point, his legs will get tired. And when his legs get tired, then George Jackson, the people, would tear his kneecaps off. But first, the state sets that violence, you see. And uh, some people say that we can't get rid of uh, this kind of uh, physical conflict with more of it. Well, I would take issue with it if we use that example of the oppressor stomping George uh, Jackson down to his knees. He can't go on. And with the violence, then we act uh, when we return it in our defense by tearing his legs off. Of course, he won't have a leg. But yet the violence will stop because we don't care to take it on. It's true that the violence that he committed against us by beating us down will be hurt by it. 
but his leg will also be hurt, or his missing leg. The stub will ache him very much. So it's bad for us, and it's bad for him also. But we're determined not to let him wipe the people out. We know that he cannot wipe the people out because we will fight on. We will tear his legs off, we'll tear his head off, and we'll, set, we'll take the example from George Jackson, that in the name of love and the name of freedom, with love as our guide, we'll slit every throat that threatens the people and our children. We'll do it in the name of peace because as soon as, if, if this is... Camera. Camera four. Where violence will no longer exist. So we will be very practical. We won't uh, uh, make statements and uh, believe uh, the things, or try to believe the things that the prison officials said to make them true, such as the 30 seconds and uh, 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 five people being eliminated who were definitely oppressors. We will go on and live very realistically, in spite of the kind of hero George uh, was to me. I know that if we don't come back through that overnight, there's much pain and much suffering necessary in order for us to develop. So even in our suffering, even in our suffering, I see a strength growing. I see the example that he set will not be let down. We know that all of us will die someday, uh, but we know that uh, death has two kind of characters. There's the reactionary kind and the revolutionary kind. One death is significant and the other is not. George certainly died in a significant way, and his death will be very heavy. While the ones that fell, the ones that fell that day in San Quentin, their death will be lighter than a feather because it's insignificant, and even those who support them now will not support them in the future because we're determined to change their mind. We'll change their mind or else in the people's name, we would have to wipe them out thoroughly, wholly, absolutely, and completely. All power to the people.
an opportunity to view the remains of George Jackson. His body will be in state from 4 to 5 p.m. at Thompson Funeral Home on East 14th Street. Family has made it possible for those who have not viewed the body as yet to view it between the hours of 4 and 5 o'clock this afternoon at the Thompson Funeral Home on East 14th Street. <laughs> 